The Seattle Kraken might be the newest expansion franchise, but on today's episode of Locked on Kraken, we're going to talk to the other new kid on the block in our division, the Las Vegas Golden Knights. Tony Cordasco is joining me on Locked on Kraken. Of course, we're going to get you ready for game day. We're also going to talk about what our two teams did at the trade deadline, and you'll get to know a little bit more about both your hosts of Locked on Kraken and Locked On Vegas Golden Knights. All that and more coming up on Locked On Kraken. You are Locked On Kraken. Your daily podcast on the Seattle Kraken. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We are the Seattle Kraken. Welcome again to Locked on Kraken, or of course, if you're listening over with Tony to Locked on Vegas Golden Knights, I'm the host of Locked on Kraken, Erica Lindsay Ayala. As always, we want to thank you for making your favorite Locked on NHL show your first listen of the day. But Tony, so glad that you're joining me today. Uh, Let's let the Kraken fans uh, know a little bit more about you. Yeah, I've just been, uh, thanks so much for having me, Erica, long-time Las Vegas sportscaster, and I do an awful lot of local community, and I am uh, I just celebrated my 100th episode here on Lockdown for Lockdown VGK, and it's just been a pretty wild season all the nights, as we know, and VGK now on the outside looking in at this playoff race because last night the Dallas Stars defeated the Ducks, and now the Golden Knights are in the midst. Uh, they are on the playoff bubble. And they could go one way or the other with 14 games remaining. I think it's exciting that they're in the playoff race because, you know, at this time in previous seasons, they were into the playoffs. But now the fans don't know how to react. And it's pretty good. There's a lot of intensity and drama here in Las Vegas. Oh, how well, about you? you know, <laughs> well, I was going to say the, the sport is nothing but drama. We are not on any bubble. That's for sure, Tony. <laughs> the Seattle Kraken <laughs> have not quite had the success that the Vegas Golden Knights did coming out of their expansion draft. We kind of expected that, or at least Ron Francis was preparing us for that as general managers got hip to uh, all that VGK, as you mentioned, was able to do in their expansion draft. That being said, and I know we're going to talk about the trade deadline, um, there are some pieces and some elements that we moved uh, that have already proven to make an impact on this team, especially offensively. So Sprong is coming to mind for sure. And um, so we'll see. Uh, again, we're not fighting for anything here except, you know, uh, a more positive end to the season than it's been throughout. You know, Erica, I just had to ask you, so what do you think the vibe is with the Kraken? Again, try to knock the, the Golden Knights playoff contention because of those last 14 games, the Golden Knights and the Kraken will be meeting three times including two in a crazy quirk in the schedule, which, which I just don't understand. This is for the pandemic days where you back-to-backs in the same city. But what do you think the mood is of the Kraken? They are kind of late. They have won four of their last six. As you mentioned, a lot of nice pieces added at the trade deadline. Are they ready to knock off the Golden Knights and play the role of spoiler? 
I think we just might. I think we just might. And I have to remind Locked on Kraken fans that I made a bold prediction at uh, the beginning of this season that the Seattle Kraken would hoist a Stanley Cup before the Vegas Golden Knights. And so if for no other reason than me trying to be correct in my predictions, one good way to make sure that that prediction holds true <laughs> is if Vegas it, doesn't it get to the playoffs. <laughs> Yeah, it, well, it, and it could if, you know, you guys take out more VGK players with all these injuries, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's kind of very wild. much could. I know, I know. But I, I'm, I'm being a little hard on you. I'm giving you a hard time here. But, yes, talking about the Seattle Kraken, I think that is it in the back of their mind? I don't think so. Absolutely not. Especially the way the season has gone. The Seattle Kraken are very much so focused, as they should be, on their team. That being said, some of the new elements have been amazing for the Seattle Kraken. Um, you see, again, I mentioned Sp Sprong. You, you see that Yanni Gord um, in the last five games has three goals. Vince Dunn, again, turning up the heat, has six points from the blue line. So I think that, uh, and I got to mention, I talk about goaltending a lot on Locked on Kraken, and Chris Drieger had another great game, as you mentioned, to get us uh, another win. So I think that the Seattle Kraken, the end result might be that we play spoiler, but I absolutely think that the Seattle Kraken are looking to make good on the win streak that they have. We obviously played the Vegas Golden Knights early in our first ever NHL season. It was kind of a wild game and that's how it's gone back and forth for the Seattle Kraken. But I'm really looking for them to refine some of the things that have plagued them all season. Thinking about response goals, giving up response goals that is. Thinking about some of the defensive breakdowns, poor exits, poor entries. That's what really bites the Seattle Kraken. And Vegas is a team, as you mentioned, on that bubble, but they've also, they're a proven franchise. And we have to make sure that we can play up to that level. Yeah. And uh, VGK is a team, though, you know, you talk about entries and exits. And VGK is a team of late, even though, you know, they've been winning at home, they are just not good on the road, where they've lost now seven straight games going into the Seattle. And for the Golden Knights, a lot of messiness. Uh, they really do turn the puck over an awful lot. And that's something I think that, that has come back to bite them. You know, when we're looking at this last stretch for the Golden 14 games remaining, you made a bold prediction. But Kelly McCrimmon of VGK, he said that the Golden Knights would win 10 and lose four in the final 14. And I don't know if that's possible because they're playing nine games on the road where they haven't been very good. And Pete DeBoer said the same thing. He said perhaps nine or 10 wins in the 14 games. That's putting more additional pressure on a team that night in and night out has someone else missing from this lineup. Every night there is another player who is out. And, uh, we'll talk more about BGK goaltending uh, situation here, which is quite, quite interesting. But what's going on with Philip Bauer and Dreger? Yeah. So again, I mentioned Drieger a little bit there. I have been an advocate of giving more equitable time to both goaltenders. That has been something that we were promised from Ron Francis and Dave Haxel didn't manifest, but 
speaking of injuries, my goodness, Drieger has had some of the worst luck a guy could have. He would come back in kind of stretches of three games. You know, he'd have a good game. You know, he got a, a win for the Seattle Kraken against his former team in Florida. Uh, you know, he ha- got some really great wins early on against teams that we we see are competing at the top of the standings, but unfortunately couldn't stay healthy. So that's part of the reason we haven't seen an equitable split. Um, but again, Drieger got a big win for the Seattle Kraken. And finally, finally, the roster gave their goaltender some goal support. Uh, Drieger let up that one goal and everything else was all Kraken against the Los Angeles Kings. So um, what I think, though, is and what I expect that we'll see going for the rest of the season is not putting any one goalie kind of in a position where they have to carry the team. We're not in a position where we need to do that. If anything, we need to prove that we have two goaltenders that regardless the situation, regardless the team, regardless of the roster that we're putting on the ice, that they can compete. And so I'm very much into Dave Haxtell and his coaching staff focusing on, again, a more equitable split. And so we'll see. I'm assuming that we're going to get Grubauer. We might, since we're going to see you twice this week, we might see a split of the series. But I'm expecting that we'll go with Philip Grubauer in net for tonight. Well, I've got to tell you another tale of the injury bug hitting VGK because on Monday, Robin Leonard came. This time it's a lower body injury. Third time he's been injured this season. So he comes back on Monday. He's at practice, and they're just going to watch how he progresses. Comes back out on Tuesday. DeBoer says after Tuesday's practice that he'll hide if, in fact, Leonard makes the road trip and if he plays. Well, we thought about 80 or 90 percent he was sure to be, you know, in the starting lineup, at least, again, a split between the two goaltenders, him and now Logan Thompson. Well, as luck would have it, bad luck would have it for VGK. Jack Eichel comes down, just shooting around, and he hits Leonard with a one-timer, that a blistering shot that hits Leonard in the left shoulder. And now Robin Leonard goes off the ice, and he's injured again. He is injured again, and we don't know what his status is for this trip. And now Logan Thompson, who's done a more than adequate job as a rookie, last year's AHL Defender of the Year, Logan Thompson again is thrust into the spotlight. Can he win one? Perhaps. Can he win two? I'm not quite sure about that. DeBoer is very, very, he, he's, he's really concerned about this team and how they're going to perform in back-to-back games based on their performances last year. It's hard to beat the same team twice, he feels. And if Logan Thompson has to be a net, they might measure him if they lose the Kraken in the first game. But if they get Thompson twice, well, they're going to find some more tendencies and might be able to beat uh, the crack and uh, might be able to beat VGK in that second game. Yeah, well, we definitely this rash of injury. It's nuts. It's wild, you know, and we're seeing a lot less, um, you know, I guess COVID protocol entry into COVID protocol, but we know Seattle had a massive, I mean, before the puck even dropped on our first game, we had about five guys that we had to go through COVID protocol. Then a few of them flying out. Actually, Vegas was a part of that trip, you know, finally getting them back, you know, wild and crazy. So it's just been one of those seasons. We're hoping again that we're coming off the back end of that, but yes, injuries, 
Um, we definitely have some some injuries that were unfortunate and season-ending injury for Brandon Tanev, as an example. We lost uh, Schwartzy for a little bit there. So, But that's the game, as you know very well, Tony. But coming up next on our crossover episode, Tony, I want to take a look at the numbers. Let's see what this matchup is going to look like. You mentioned Eichel in passing. I also want to just get some thoughts on the trade deadline because we have a mutual... <laughs> that we got that Seattle got at the trade deadline. And so I'd love to get your thoughts on a young talent that will be a two-way player for us and, and what uh, that looked like in Vegas. So we're going to have all that coming up on this locked on Kraken locked on VGK crossover episode. But Tony, right now we got to tell the folks uh, in between periods how they can make sure they're getting all all their protein and and have their happy snacking as i like to say here we're at a point where a lot of people probably have given up on their new year's resolutions but i tell you what tony making sure that i'm uh healthy and not hangry throughout the day is still at the top of my list and that's because i've got built bar to take care of all my snacking needs including the puffs line. This is a first ever protein infused marshmallow. So you've already got Built Bar that's 100% covered in chocolate. It's giving you about 130 calories per bar with only four grams of sugar, four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Now there's a puff or a marshmallowy goodness in the center. Tony, like what is not to love about that? A cinnamony churro flavor coconut marshmallow on top of the double chocolate, which is my favorite of the original flavors. You really can't go wrong. You've got mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and on and on. So what we want you fans to do is head over to built.com. You can use promo code LOCKED15 and that will score you 15% off your next order over at built.com. Again, if you want 15% off your next order of built bars, head over to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, place your favorite flavors, including the white chocolate cookies and cream, which is the flavor of the month for this month in March. Put that in your cart and you'll get 15% off your order at built.com. And you know how we like to end it here on Locked on Kraken. Happy snacking. And Tony, we are back for our second stanza, as I like to say, and we're going to get ready for this matchup. But first, let's talk a little bit about some of the infusions. We had the trade deadline that just came about. Tony, what did that look like for Vegas? <laughs> it was the trade that didn't happen. <laughs> if Genny Dodonov <laughs> was traded to the Anaheim. Ducks, and then they said yet, and and we have Evgeny Dodonov back here in Las Vegas as a member of the Golden Knights, and he has just been sensational. He scored five goals in the last five games. You know, our good friend Gil Martin said the best trades are the ones that don't happen. That's the best acquisition that VGK could have made, and oopsie, and they get Dodonov back here in Las Vegas. It was just, in, it's insane. And that guy's like, I don't want to talk about the trade deadline anymore. I don't blame you, buddy. I don't blame you. They call him daddy here. So there's a lot of daddy jokes and all of that stuff. But he has just been phenomenal here uh, down the stretch. I got to tell you. And you know, Erica, say that maybe the team that they're going to be focused on the game. 
I think the fans will be really amped. And we've got our good friend, Chet Buchanan, who does a lot of work. Give him a little shout out. Does a lot of radio work here in Las Vegas at KLUC on the odd and all that. And he is the in-arena announcer. I don't know, Chet, if you're listening, I don't know where your allegiance lies, but you better know who pays your check. <laughs> I just have that PSA. <laughs> a little PSA for you, Erica. I love it. I love that. You know, always where the allegiance lies. I also love that story. What a wild, wild and crazy story. We had a little bit of a blip early on when signing one of our goalies and, you know, didn't quite get the, the math right. So these things happen. We've also seen that the NHL, I guess, is uh, officially looking into how they can essentially, uh, maybe we call it a clearinghouse, Tony. I don't know. But why didn't this exist already? Yeah, with the LTIR, they're looking yeah. into something. Because now I call it Mark Stowe because we don't know if they're just stowing him away for the playoffs. Will there even be, be that opportunity to play in the, the postseason for the Golden Knights right now? Uh, to me, uh, there are so many players. Uh, Riley Smith, the latest to go on LTIR for the Vegas Golden Knights. And I don't know who's coming and going, but it appears as though every time they activate someone, someone else goes down. And you talked about the COVID issue. Well, for VGK, every time they go to Canada, oh, they're all fine. Nobody's sick. And every time they have to take that test to go to Canada, they're missing players. Last time it was Mario, an assistant coach. Uh, Their last Canadian trip, they have to go to Vancouver. Who knows who's going to miss that? And they're having these call-ups last minute. Luckily for the Golden Knights, the Silver Knights are the 215 freeway. And, and their call-ups, they just put them on a plane and get them to whatever's go to. But it has been crazy with the number of players activated in and out of the lineup for the entire season. Yeah, it's, it's not – uh, I don't envy – coaching staffs in particular and even thinking about uh general managers and how do you really gauge the value of a particular player or even a team when you've had so much of that going on so again hopefully we're on the back end of that uh i do want to since we're giving shout outs you mentioned amadio and I, the the seattle kraken just played the la kings i actually have an amadio practice or i should say warm-up jersey although it does not say amadio <laughs> on it it actually says Blake Bolden because it was part of their Black History Month pre pregame warmups, and Blake Bolden and Willie O'Ree were the names on the backs of the jersey. So awesome. I lucked awesome. out. We talk about Blake all the time. I come from the women's hockey space, so I just had to give that out there. So again, technically, it's an Amadio jersey, but is it? If it says Bolden, I think I think it's a Bolden jersey. <laughs> <laughs> It, it's technically, yeah, it's a technically uh, a Bolden jersey. But, okay, so the Kraken, six players at the deadline, and in return, 10 draft picks. And then the return players are starting to really play well. I mean, you spoke about Daniel earlier, and how is he fitting into the lineup? Yeah, so Sprung coming over, um, wasn't pleased with offensive production with Washington, got him from Washington. Um and really, in his pr- uh, press conference, coming into his first game, talked about that, that that was not something that he felt was reflective or indicative of the kind of game that he wants to play. So I'm thinking, all right, this guy, you know, everyone's going to say that if they're not performing the way they want. I also looked at his defensive numbers because folks know over at Locked on Kraken, I am 
they're meticulous about defense and it's something that the Kraken need. So I'm looking, I'm like, this guy's saying he doesn't have the offensive numbers that he wants. He doesn't have the defensive numbers that I think we need. How is this going to work out? Well, I will tell you, Tony, I will tell you how it's working out. If he, um, scores again tonight he will continue a a scoring streak and that will be to four games scored in his Seattle Kraken debut and is absolutely getting it done offensively and that's something as much as I still think we need more uh, some more defensive security getting the offense going is critically important we're also seeing Yanni Gord start to step up and score again. I mentioned Vince Dunn at the start. So that's been amazing. You mentioned, though, and a lot of people are clowning the Kraken for all these picks. But it was something that I predicted because what did I want to see the Kraken do at the trade deadline? Get money. We are already fine with the salary cap. But and you know, draft picks and money are not exactly the same thing, but draft picks can turn into money. And what I think the Seattle Kraken need to do, since we know that this season is not going to be, not going to go the way we want, we're not a bubble team. That means that this Seattle Kraken team has to figure out ways to build for next season and bridge to the future. And how do you do that? You do it through free agency and you do it through the draft. And we're likely not going to use all those draft picks so we can parlay that into being very aggressive and active in free agency during the offseason. Erica, I have to ask you, what was the fans' reaction when the team, when the Kraken gets Mark Giordano, uh, who was the captain of the team? So is there a captain now? There is no captain now to answer the second part of that. And uh, both Ron Francis and Dave Haxtell have addressed that there were likely not going to have a captain for the remainder of the season. Now, that being said, the first part of that, what I can respect, and, you know, maybe you can weigh in here, Tony, because there's been some controversy with the Vegas Golden Knights. What I will say is, even though I don't think the fans like it, you never want to lose your captain. But it seems that the Seattle Kraken were always straight up and very upfront with Mark Giordano as they saw the season playing out and as they knew the trade deadline was coming. There was a really weird situation where Gio got honored for his, you know, 1,000th game or, uh, and, and he wasn't even suited up, but it just so happened that the Kraken returned home and could have that ceremony at Climate Pledge Arena leading into the weekend of the trade deadline. And we know how this goes. Gio is a professional, but if anything, it was really nice to see his family. He had his sister there. His father did part of the video um, introduction. So it was, it was nice, although a little bit awkward. Um, But that being said, I honestly think for me, Colin Blackwell, who just scored with Toronto, he went over in that Mark Giordano trade. I love his energy and the Seattle Kraken. Yeah, he's got such great energy. Uh, He was someone, speaking of injuries, it's been a little bit of a theme for us, right, Tony? But speaking of injuries, he didn't even show up, not only to training camp and preseason, but he missed the first handful of games because he was dealing with an injury in the offseason. So I, I think, for my money, Colin Blackwell was a piece that I really thought we could keep. That being said... We know how this goes and decisions had to be made. Uh, A lot of, you know, yarn croak as well was a little bit tough to see. Johansson is how we end up getting sprung. So, you know, it was a little bit tough to see some of those guys that were just stable 
for the Seattle Kraken go because we already were having difficulty getting in the win column. And then you take some of your more stable guys because they have trade value. And then you wonder what you're going to get. But Sprung in particular has been a player that has worked out for us. Yeah, I got to tell you, man, this uh, this has been insane. Just again, you know, that the Donoff deal and, you know, the one that didn't happen and he had his teams that he did not. He had the no trade clause and all of that. And then uh, for Golden Knights, I just remember, I just thought that the Kraken would be a better team with wins and losses, you know, uh, for this season. Uh, when VGK played them earlier this season, uh, it came down to the third period. I think Shea Theodore had that bomb like uh, just in blue line. And uh, I, I don't know what to expect really out of this game. But again, I just think the fans are going to fuel the Kraken. And these are going to be two real gritty. I think they're going to be real gritty uh, uh, efforts by these teams over the next two nights, two games. Yeah, indeed, Tony. And so coming up next, let's talk about that. Let's really get into the numbers, what we're seeing, and get folks ready for, as I like to say over at Locked on Kraken, game day! <laughs> All right, I am back with Tony Cardasco one of your hosts for Locked on VGK. That's Vegas Golden Knights, of course, because we have a Seattle Kraken game day. It's at Climate Pledge Arena. But Tony, uh, for those of us who are watching over at the Locked on uh, Kraken YouTube page, I'm going to pull up, as you mentioned in the last segment, what these two teams did the last time they met. And you're absolutely right. It was that third period that ends up being the difference. The two teams evenly matched throughout the first 40 minutes. And Riley Smith, who won't be playing, had uh, a couple of goals, right, in that game. I'm looking yes. at your recap. Indeed. That's nifty. Yep. Thanks for putting that Indeed. up on the screen. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I, I just remember that game. And uh, after that, it just went went downhill for the Golden Knights with all the injuries, you know, right after Stone was hurt, uh, re-injured. Now we find out that Mark Stone has a back injury, uh, chronic back injury, as we're finding out. Max Pacioretty was injured. Uh, and after that, it was just a matter of trying to fill in all the gaps for VGK. Uh, I might add that a lot of the AHL players came up and filled some voids early in the season. But this Pete DeBoer system, I think, currently is very predictable. And I think that teams have really caught on on how to, to beat the Golden Knights. And that is, again, uh, tight checking in the neutral zone. Uh, if you clog up the middle and force VGK to go wide, uh, then you have a better opportunity to win the game. And the Chicago Blackhawk, that was the first time in a while where we saw the Golden Knights bodies in front of the net. And that's something that they just were not doing earlier this season. And I don't know if that's going to continue. If teams play them physical, in all uh, likelihood, you're going to their opponent beat them. And they're always out hit night after night. They're not a very physical team. They're more finesse. Uh, Braden McNabb is one of the physical players, and he's been out for a while. And expect a hip check or two if he is inserted into the lineup this this uh, up next couple of games. But he will be returning uh, from all signs. We saw him out at practice this week, and. I think Braden McNabb give them a little bit of a more uh, physical uh, advantage, if you will, uh, for the Golden Knights. Yeah, and we're pulling up again for those watching on YouTube, just the, the breakdown as I like to go over this on a game day. But it's interesting that you talk about the physicality. 
especially coming from the women's game. I never put a lot of stock into the hits, but when you talk about a team that's not physical, the Seattle Kraken are not very physical. Another thing that really became an issue early on is that net front presence, not really having any, any guys that could step up and, and be a, a problem and be menacing in front of opposing goaltenders. And so, you know, you look at some of what we got here, neither team particularly good on the power play. We also saw that played out in the first game. Each team got one power play goal, but didn't take advantage fully of their opportunities. Although Vegas had the percentage advantage, they were one for two while Seattle was one for four in that last matchup. Um, You know, thinking about the penalty kill advantage to the Vegas Golden Knights, the Seattle Kraken had a little blip of time where they were being a lot more aggressive on the penalty kill, or as some folks like to call it the power kill, right? Really trying to even get offensive opportunities at the disadvantage um, that's waned off a little, of course, the trade deadline, that's going to impact your special teams. Uh, And it certainly did for the Seattle Kraken. And then I always look for goals for goals against. This is oftentimes really where the Seattle Kraken struggle. I talked earlier in our conversation about response goals. And although we're able to respond, unfortunately, we have to kind of, we're always playing catch up. We're not a team that usually Um, or over the season has been able to strike first. Uh, There was a stretch of time there where I was really making a strong case, Tony, for the Seattle Kraken to have an aggressive morning skate. So by the time the game starts, they think they're in the second period and maybe they'll score some goals. (laughs) (laughs) That would be nice. You know, and and VGK's power play uh, went through a lot of peaks and valleys season. Uh, They went through that. 0 for 19 streak early in the season. That might have been the only goal they in those first few games early on. And then they went uh, on that streak where they hadn't uh, scored 19 opportunities. They had another 0 for 17 streak. But since Jack Eichel arrived, I think that he's the coach of the unit because it's something special when he's on the ice and what he's been able to do and the way he controls the puck and moves the offensively on the power play. It makes a world of difference for this Golden Knights team are far better with him in the lineup, especially with him on the power play unit. Yeah, Jack Eichel, of course, winning that lottery, not officially a part of the trade deadline and certainly not a part of the expansion draft, but something that obviously NHL fans were watching uh, along with intrigue, unless maybe you're Buffalo then maybe not, but uh, (laughs) there's still, you know what, still keeping track in Buffalo of the record with Jack Eichel. So yeah, there's a lot of bad feelings there and be polite, let's say when he was blasting the team uh, back in Buffalo. And he said that there had never been that many fans in Buffalo was there. So they came out to boo him and it wasn't, it wasn't cool. It wasn't cool on his, his reaction was not good. Uh, But, you know, since that point now, a lot of enemies in Buffalo for sure. There's going to be maybe someday a rivalry between uh, the two clubs. Yeah, indeed. Well, I would personally love to see it. And, you know, Jack, obviously that, that, that whole situation played out and you can't necessarily be surprised, but at some point everyone's going to have to let that go. But uh, if we get some spice in between as a, as an innocent bystander, I'll certainly take it. (laughs) But uh, (laughs) all right. 
<laughs> lateral damage. Yeah. Yes, right. Exactly. Exactly. All right. We're going to wrap this, uh, as I like to call it, squad cast up here. But Tony, we'll start with you as our guest. We know that the Golden Knights were able to pull out that 4-2 victory. Again, having a dominant third period. What are you expecting from VGK tonight as they enter Climate Pledge Arena? Yeah, the, the first time there, I think the fans, if, especially if Seattle gets an early goal, watch out because the Golden Knights are not a good team, especially on the road when they have to battle from behind. I think that goal will have a ton of meaning, uh, meaning for the Golden Knights. I think we're going to see Logan Thompson back in net. And, and as I said, if they don't get Thompson, Tanakin can beat him on Friday a couple of days later in this series. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. I think uh, it's going to be a game of opportunity and you know, the turnovers, I think, will be a major part of this game. Special team part. Uh, Jack Eichel, I think his right hand is feeling better. He wasn't taking face-offs. I went to the game against right hand. He was hit with the puck and then he didn't take face-offs for a while. I think that right now is much better and he's starting to play a lot better. And Eichel, seven goals, seven assists in 20 and uh, currently, that's a streak he's on. The major part of this team, major part of the power play. If, if anyone makes a difference, it will be that now with Eichel centering for Dodonov, who's back on the top line. Dodonov was a guy like them on the second, the third line, the fourth line, the fifth line. I, I he was gone. He was as good as gone. Now he's back on the top line. He's been skating with Eichel, too, and I was just so much faster than everyone else. I look for a low-scoring game, and maybe we'll see Eichel looking for Eddie Vedder and Pearl Jam because he's a huge grunge fan. Maybe he'll be up to the streets of Seattle looking for a place to catch some grunge music after the game. That's my prediction. Oh, wow. I love it. I, I think love it's a split, it. too. I think it'll be a split, Erica. Yeah, I, I'm leaning towards a split. Again, I'm, I'm anticipating that we'll get Groovy in net. I've said it before on the show. Groovy, I think, is still trying to figure out his game or the Seattle Kraken are trying to figure out their game in front, in front of Philip Grubauer. It just has a different cadence when it's Groovy in net. That being said, he is put under fire a lot by the defensive breakdowns that happen. I am inclined to agree with you. I think we'll get one low-scoring low game. Um, but I do think that the Seattle Kraken are really starting to crank it up. So I wouldn't be surprised if in one of these games we see them explode. Now, is it going to be enough? Because like I've said, we've had to play keep up um, with some of these teams and we've seen high scoring games that we lose by one goal and an empty netter tossed in there somewhere. So, you know, uh, I, I think though that the Seattle Kraken are really starting to move in the direction that will establish a foundation for the next season, their season two. Um, so I'm going to go uh, with the Kraken uh, taking this one. I'm going to give it a, a, a three, two score. I think, um, and then what I'm hoping for, and we might have to touch base throughout the week, but what I'm hoping <laughs> is that, again, we get that explosion of offense in game two. But but as I said, I, th I agree with you on the split. So if I say they're going to win tonight, that means that I'm kind of taking the L <laughs> later in the week. But uh, I guess we got to let the guys play the game uh, as we just get to, you know, sit on the couch and, and make predictions. <laughs> Should be a lot of. I think it's going to be a hostile environment, and VJ better be on their A game going in there. This is the playoff series for the Seattle Kraken. 
make no doubt about it, this is a playoff series for Seattle, and I'm all about it. It's going to be fun. Oh, I love that. I love that. I hope we can keep that energy. And if that if they if they take that energy, I'm very curious to see what type of Seattle Kraken team we get on the ice. But Tony, it was amazing to have this squad cast with you today. A game day for both of our teams as the Vegas Golden Knights will come into the deep at Climate Pledge Arena and take on the Seattle Kraken. You've listened to Locked On Kraken. I hope that you also listen to Locked On Vegas Golden Knights. And so now it's time for you to head over to Locked On Fantasy Hockey. We told you everything you need to know about the game. Now go make some money off of it. And hosts Steel Roden and Flip Livingstone will help you become the expert of your fantasy league. And as with everything on the Locked On Network, this is free and available wherever you find podcasts. But for Tony, my name is Erica, host of Locked on Kraken. And I got I to gotta be a little biased here, but we're going to tell Kraken fans especially to hold fast, to stay true, and hey, let's go Kraken. Enjoy game day.